In stunning news from Friday, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be making the long walk from third base to his new home at first. And our only question is, will he need a day off or a golf cart to get there? It is Monday morning, July 13th, the year is 2020. This is Underdogs. My name is Jacob Eamon. With me, as always, is David Patrick Fleming. He's ready to rock. How are you, David? Man, I am good. It is finally here, an episode where we've got some actual sports topics that we both want to get into. We don't have to talk about the coffee we're drinking. I don't have to talk about the teenagers throwing shit on my deck. We don't have to talk about the dentist. We can fucking start to rip in to some actual sports topics. Don't minimize all that stuff, David. I love <laughs> hearing you talk about coffee and the teenagers a, throwing stuff on your deck. I actually had a meltdown yesterday because I thought it was over because I hadn't thrown anything for about a week. And then I looked out on my deck and there was a pen very subtle, just a pen. They threw a pen up there, and I was like, it was just a little sign that says, we're back, and I fucking just went and punched my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, let's let's dive right into it, okay? I mean... We're doing Vladdy first? We're doing Vladdy first. I'm, it was kind of a, a tough day for us on Friday. We finished recording. I finished editing the episode, put it all up. We sent each other a text message, confirmed the title of the episode. And then you send me a text being like, look at the news or whatever. <laughs> like, we fucked up. We, yeah. we uh, recorded it was like, too It early. was like as soon as you published the episode, it was like... Vladdy is now a permanently a first base DH. And I was like, no, fuck. I wanted to talk about it so bad. We've been waiting all weekend to talk about this. Yes. I have a guess what your perspective is on it, but we actually we haven't actually talked about it with each other. So the first thing is when I read it, I was just shocked. Like totally like the seat pulled out from under me. I I felt like scared. I felt hurt. And disappointed. I feel like my dreams have been crushed a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's how he feels or not, but uh, it it really shook me. When I when I first heard about it, I kind of felt the same thing. I I was surprised. It seemed like weird timing. It felt like it came out of nowhere, and I was initially very angry and frustrated at the move and at the organization. But I have completely turned on that and I've experienced having a lot of anger for Vladdy and a oh, lot yes. of frustration and I oh man it's just so fucking disappointing to me yeah I I feel the exact same way I'm I'm livid towards Vlad right now and I want to just go back I just want to I made a mistake last week I said that I was watching a video of Vlad in the Rogers Center back that he had arrived and he was hitting BP home runs into the into the top deck in, in the Rogers Center and he looked the same, or at least I couldn't tell any difference. That turns out I look I went back and looked, they the Blue Jays tricked me and had just posted a video from last year of him hitting those home runs. And so he doesn't look the same. He does not look the same. When you see that uh, press conference he has addressing the switch 
he does not look the same and it that's oh man his face you really see it in the face right it's his arms it's, man there's no shape it's just a big sausage these two fucking sausages sitting there on the table and he's got that little boyish smile on his face like it's all good and it drives me fucking crazy yeah i mean and there's so much spin on this and um for the most part the media seems to be looking for uh, the positive of this, everyone's talking, oh, it'll free up Vladdy, unlock his offensive potential. You can tell me that. You can tell me that it means that the Blue Jays are changing how they view themselves and that this is a sign they're planning to contend from here on out. And I hear that, but it doesn't distract me from how let down I feel. You know, well, nobody wants, people have to be so careful with this. Nobody wants to fl- uh, fat shame Vladdy. Nobody wants to take the, the sports net, um, company down by you know shaming this kid because he's put on some weight so i feel like they have to be really careful and they also want the players to be on their side they want access to the players and so they have to be really careful players don't know who the fuck we are so we don't have to be careful with this he's put on a shit load of weight i've been trying to put together my feelings and it feels like mom and dad got a divorce you know it feels like like they kept saying that they were trying to make it work and that even though it was bad now they would get better but but the thing but he didn't try. That's what drives me crazy. I know. At the end of the day, I don't care if he plays third. I don't care if he plays first if he hits. But the fact that you're 21 years old, the fact that they've said this to you for years now that you've got to get your body in condition if you want to play third base and if you want to be a major league player. If you want uh, a multiple hundred million dollar contract from this team, you have to put in the work. And he says, oh, I don't really work out before, so I'm going to start working out. And so in this offseason, he shows videos of himself working out. He comes into spring training and we all say, and, and people say, oh, his body's reshaped. He's changed. We look at him. He doesn't look much different, but we say, okay, fine. We're going to believe that. You're going to let him play third base and they were going to let him play third base back when spring training first started and so then this whole quarantine happens and he comes back and he looks like shit and then all of a sudden they say oh we have an opportunity to win now so you're going to play for no fucking way he put no work in during this time he put on uh more weight again and it's just so disappointing to have someone with that much raw talent that much skill you have that much hope in a player that could have so much value but he's not willing to put the work in it drives me crazy because i want to love him and and i for me it's not quite like uh my parents are getting divorced for me it feels like uh like i'm like i'm being cheated on like it feels like this betrayal of of like i'm being cheated on and 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 lied to that's what i hate yeah i don't think that uh i guess i just i really feel like he's failed me and and that in the, the divorce comparison is like that they say that they've been working on it and that you know everyone around me is like you know it seems like they're they're going to get a divorce. And I'm like, yeah, eventually that's going to happen and I can kind of prepare for it. But when it just happens all of a sudden, it it, it feels like he didn't yeah. try to work on it. He didn't go to the gym. He didn't, they didn't get counseling. Like they didn't do any of the work to make it work. And so I, I feel just hurt by it. I feel like he's failed me. And, and I'm, I am legitimately concerned that he's going to start failing at the plate too. I'm legitimately starting so. to wonder if we're going to not witness one of the great busts of all time. I mean, you have all these other players and, you know, I mean, look, fuck, look at Marc Gasol. Look at how he changed his body in this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Look at how other people have changed their Cal body. Lowry. It doesn't take much, man. It takes, and look, I'm, 
We all have our shit. We all have our emotional baggage, whatever. It takes like 45 fucking minutes a day for him to do something to kind of change and not maybe, maybe eats too much and then, you know, bring that down. But the fact that he's 21 years old and he's, He's just given up on this great opportunity. And, 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 and I mean, prove me wrong. Come out yep. with a story that says something where, you know, he's gone through this horrendous thing and he's, he's in a lot of um, stress in his life. And I'll, I'll back off and I'll say, you know what? I didn't know that. My bad. But from my point of view right now, it just looks lazy as fuck. Yeah, uh, if they gave him $100 million right now, I would say, no way. Last year, they could have given him $100 million and I would have been all for it and I would have thought it wasn't enough. If they did that to him now, I would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm ready to I'm ready to eat my words if he starts mashing and if, and if <laughs> Me too, totally. Like if 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 they're if these people are right, some of these uh pundits and everything are saying, you know, he he could really just focus on being the masher, he is his best position is at the plate. Fine, but I don't believe it. Right now, I think he's going to be worse than he was last year because of his conditioning, because of his shape, even at the plate. And I keep, I, I keep like trying to remind myself that like first base isn't a terrible place, and that there's like super amazing athletic baseball players that play first base. It's not about that to me. Yeah. It's not about it's not about like first or third. It's about what brought you to first, and the fact that. Charlie Montoyo, when he did his uh, sort of press conference, um, this is before that they announced the position switch, he, he mentions in this press conference, you know, we're going to give Vlad days off. He has to actually say that. He has to mention that in a 60-game season, he has to plan to give this 21-year-old off days. And he doesn't say that about anybody else. He didn't go out of his way to mention, oh, you know, I have to give other people these off days. He has to go out of his way to mention that. And it's like this weird passive way of spreading this narrative that, that he's not quite doing something that they're asking, that he's not keeping himself in enough shape. And I just, if he doesn't care enough, we're fucked. The way they talk about DH as well like to me it sounds like dh now is just as much as position as first bases dan shulman said uh yesterday maybe or the day before he said he could see vladdy doing 30 days uh, 30 games at first and 30 games at dh holy fuck that is a disaster he just had five months off that's a huge disaster man that's a bust that's something you do to uh a 40 year old Oh my god! And they and, and they have to say all this to prepare us. Like it feels like they're preparing us slowly. Like just so you know, like we've got a game coming up on Tuesday. We're going to show you Vlad is not the same guy. He's <laughs> the first baseman DH now, and he needs rest. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the first game of the inner squad season. We're going to sit Vlad. He's tired. Yeah, he needs rest from standing at first base. <laughs> He's stretching now. He has to stretch for those balls, and it's a lot it's, of work. It's a real problem when we have a run, when the other team has a runner on first base, and Vlad has to stand there and be ready for a pickoff. Uh, it's better when he can be uh, bent over. So it's really going to depend on how many times the other team has a guy on first base, and if the other team's getting guys on first every inning, we're going to have to sit Vlad. He's going to have to DH because he can't stand up straight that long. What do you think his year at the plate's going to be like? 
Oh, God, man. I don't know. It's so tough to know. He's just so big. Yeah. He's so big. I think he's, I, I don't think it's going to go good, man. I want it to. Trust me. I would love, like, I'm, I'm okay to have a conflict with Vlad, to be mad at him and for him to, to fight and not give a fuck about me because why should he? And for him to achieve and be great. I'm, I'd be really happy with that. But I just, because God knows how he actually feels about this too. And God knows how his teammates, like, what, what do you think his teammates say? Like when he shows up like that, like okay, I put, I thought about it this way. Like if you're doing a play, right? Like you were doing Hamlet at Stratford before this all got canceled, right? Yep. So now this isn't a, a comment on the actual person who was playing Hamlet, but just in, in theory, let's say you show up to rehearsal and the person who's Hamlet, the fucking lead, the one you have to get behind, the person whose story you have to tell, they need to drive that fucking ship and they show up, they don't know their fucking lines. And it's like, come on, man. If you don't give a fuck, why do I give a fuck? Yeah. And now what do we do? We're all waiting for you. We're all waiting for you to learn your fucking lines. It's the easiest thing. It's the easiest part of it all is to learn your fucking lines. Just get your body in baseball shape. Yeah, I think they're just going to bust them inside, fastballs, sliders outside. He's not going to be able to get to either of them. And uh, you notice... Have you heard a single person that's been watching all of this intra-squad games, all of these live BPs? No one said anything about Vlad hitting the baseball. I, I've seen a couple of clips where he's clearly striking out. You can see clips, but no one's being like, whoa, Vlad, no. nice to see Vlad's power again. Nice, no. Vlad's smacking the ball all over the place. It's like I've, Rowdy Telez is hitting God. He yeah, Rowdy Telez has three home runs. They haven't said anything because for sure they would say something about Vlad. Of course. If they could, if they could pump you up uh, with something that Vlad's doing because of all this shit that's coming down from him, they for sure would do that. Yeah. They're not saying shit. I've seen him duff out into a double play where it looked like he log rolled the first base and you know maybe they're told not to run hard to first base in these inner squad games or maybe that's just his capability i have no idea but it doesn't sound like he's smacking the ball that's nope. for sure you see you see you know they're tweeting bo bichette hits all of the r brings in all of the runners in this game they win bo bichette wins the game you know like yeah he hits a double he hits a single he's hitting 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 Rowdy's a monster. It's just this, it's this, it's this like last little thing before we're about to watch baseball that just ruins it. And not doesn't fully ruin it, but it really just makes me just feel sick right before we start. I and, wish we didn't have him now. <laughs> oh man, do you think if he turns into a bust, like a full out bust, like never like just is garbage and if you you're just gonna think back to when we could have got christian yelich for him he has to be good really quickly otherwise like <laughs> I, I just don't know if i can handle like the like discomfort that i'm gonna feel every time he goes up there and like i'm supposed to be like yes flat but i have this horrible sinking feeling that he's gonna fail and embarrass himself and i'm gonna feel sad for him and yeah it feels like it's gonna like turn in more years it feels like it's going to turn into more like an episode of intervention than it is a winning baseball team. <laughs> Fuck. Because even if we didn't have him right now, it would be a, such an exciting team, and we could really just all put get behind Bo Bichette with his winning attitude, his 
lust, l- lustrous hair, locks, you know, his his winning defense, his hard work, his smile. It's, it's so funny to me, the contrast between Bo and Vladdy and how they came up in the minors. And I'm sure Bo was always in Vladdy's shadow. And I'm sure that uh, Bo, uh, Bo knew what Vladdy's work ethic was. And he's always known that. And I wonder if there's not just a little bit of redemption now that it's all coming to the surface and Vladdy's showing his true colors and what his work ethic is. And and Bo has become more of the the face of the of the young core, and his work ethic is what's kind of bringing him to the top. I would like to just for a second posit a sort of devil's advocate view on both of us here, just to check ourselves and to say that maybe Vlad does work really hard, and maybe Vlad is viewing himself as a monster of power and he believes that he needs to get bigger he needs to eat more and that maybe he is working hard but that he's changing the way that he's working hard and knowing that he doesn't want to be a third baseman he doesn't want to spend the time being in that kind of shape and that he believes that he will be better at hitting because of this but here's the thing at the i end don't of personally la- think that but maybe that is the thing at the end of last year, it was very obvious and it was proven by the way that he got fatigued that he wasn't in good baseball shape. He admitted that. The team said that to him. And so the fact that now, not only is he not in better shape than last year, he's actually in worse shape. So what what, what is anybody supposed to think? Like, What, well, what but, do you do with that? I'm just positing that it could be different shape for a different season a different a different style of play i don't know oh, man like it's not like it's not like um he's showing up and uh he looks like he's just been mashing weights and you know he, he's put on all this muscle he looks puffy as fuck yeah and so you know and i was thinking about this you know because i was trying to because i don't like saying these things about Vladdy. i really don't no me neither but uh I was thinking like, you know, maybe he just doesn't believe in 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 the working out and maybe maybe he believes that it will change what's naturally good about him. And I could get behind that if he at least stayed the same. Do you know what I mean? And maybe tried to just figure out a way to have more longevity. And and you know, like look, we we're ripping him before we even see a pitch this year. Yeah. But man, the optics of it look really fucking bad. You can't change that he came up as like the second coming of hitting a baseball Christ when he was anywhere from 25 to maybe 75 pounds less than what he is now. And he was an incredible baseball player at the time. He was going to be the, the biggest name in baseball. He's, he's, he's the next big thing. And he was doing that at a much smaller size, right? So we haven't seen any evidence that he's getting going to be better or hit for more power. He hit for way less power in the big leagues last year as a bigger guy. You, you don't need to hit a 500-foot home run. You only need to hit it 400 feet. And he was able to do that easily at much less weight. Yeah. And now I think it's also, you know, it might also be an element of being 21 and filling out as an adult too. So he's also trying to deal with that. And, you know, like... What would we have like a, like a week and a half before a the season starts? I don't think that's a thing. 
You don't think it's a thing that uh, you you start to fill out in your early 20s? Yeah, it is for sure. How filled out was he when he was 19? When he was 20, he was he was fully like man-sized filled out. There wasn't like the like no, progression of being pers- like a 90-pound what- skinny like teenager into like... He was way skinnier when he was 18. And then, you know, as he now he... He's, you know, three years have gone by, his hormones are changing, and he's filling the fuck out. He wasn't, like, boyishly skinny, though. No, I'm not saying he was boyishly skinny, but I'm saying everybody's uh, hormones change at that age, and regardless of what your natural frame is and your natural genetics are, you're gonna probably get bigger. Right. Also, when you're shoveling food in your mouth (laughs) by the wheelbarrow. (laughs) Yeah. Just one more thing. I just want to say, like, I can't remember what his quote was, and it's through an interpreter. But did you not get the sense that this wasn't what he wanted in his quote? Like, his saying his willingness to do whatever the team wants. Like, it didn't didn't sound like he was like, Charlie, Luis, please let me play first base. It's my favorite new position. I just want to be there. It sounds like it was a demotion to me. Oh, I, th- I think behind closed doors, it was absolutely a demotion. And they had a conversation with him about how they were going to spin it to the press. And he was going to get behind that because otherwise he's going to be in a shit storm of people questioning his work ethic. So I think he, you know, maybe he thought there was going to be no season. And so he was like, oh, I'll put the work in, uh, you know, throughout this year and I'll come back 2021 ready to go. And then all of a sudden... Uh, the season happens and he's like, oh, oh, fuck, I've only been eating. Oh, my God, I'm so disappointed. And I was thinking about this in contrast to the um, the Chase Anderson injury. So Chase Anderson hurt his oblique and it looks like he's not going to be able to start the season in the rotation. It seems like if you're going to demote Vladdy for poor work ethic... And, you know, not committing to the program or whatever that that he has done, then adversely, you should promote Nate Pearson into that role for following the work ethic and for achieving the things that they've asked him to achieve. And you shouldn't use delaying his start just to gain the extra year that you actually should, as an organization, make that the most important thing if you're going to do that. Don't you get the sense that that's happening now? I don't. I'm just kind of parsing through everything. I'll be. I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't break camp with the team. I have this feeling it's going to be Barucky, and I'm just going to be like, Bleh. "Hey, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to get behind Barucky again." When he first came up, I was. I thought that this was a great addition to the latter half of the rotation. And if he's going to be that guy again and keep himself healthy, we have an embarrassment of riches of serviceable starting pitchers yeah but i think that there's a difference between ryan brucky being like a serviceable major league starter and nate pearson being an absolutely electric young star of course i i i didn't mean to like try and bring down pearson to bring up brucky it was it was more of a of an aside that it's great I was that going, we have someone like Brucky that we have, Anthony K that we have, you know, these Trent Thor. I could also these. see them giving it to Shin Yamaguchi, you know, someone who's a little bit older and they can justify that a little bit more. And, 
you know, and maybe dude, if he, might if, also be really good. Yeah, he might also be really good. But I, I just want to see how they manage the Nate Pearson thing. I'm really curious to see how they speak about it in the press and what they say. Yeah, it would be tough to take it away from Ryu, but imagine them breaking camp and him starting opening day. What a message that could be. <laughs> no, they would never do that. <laughs> that would be really tough. That'd it would be, really be tough thing but to like, don't you, the whole sports world, the whole baseball media would be like, "Whoa, this is this is an organization that we can get behind." They had the yeah. chance to manipulate his service time, and instead, he's the opening day starter because the organization saw him pitch and said, "This dude's the best pitcher we got. He's better than the guy we just gave millions of dollars to." Oh, but there's no way to prove that because Pearson hasn't thrown a pitch in the big leagues, and you can't just like you couldn't read too much into like inner squad games or what these games that they're going to play in Boston or whatever. I just you know, there's nothing he could do. He could throw like a no hitter, and and you couldn't prove to have the caliber of reusability in the big league. Fair. Speaking of opening day starters, former Blue Jay Marcus Stroman got in a uh, Twitter feud with current Blue Jay Randall Grishik. Um, so basically, uh, the story is, at some point in Marcus Stroman's uh, major league career, uh, he asked 30 minor league players to leave the gym so that he could skip rope alone. There was a tweet suggesting this story, and Grishik liked it. And then the two of them got into it on Twitter. Do you want, yeah. to, uh, do you want to read that thread? Yeah. Let me, yeah. Okay. So first of all, the tweet comes from this man, Aubrey Huff, who is a former major league yeah. player. Who's also known as a piece of shit in his... Bonafide, uh, <laughs> asshole, misogynistic, <laughs> yeah. racist. He's the scum yeah. of the fucking earth. Yeah, he totally is. So Aubrey Hoff says, I know what kind of guy you are at Stroh. Remember 2019 spring training in Dunedin with the Blue Jays when you ordered the strength coach to kick out 30 minor leaguers from your weight room so you could jump rope? Sweet teammate. Hashtag Karen's jump rope. Um... <clears throat> And Stroman replies, uh, we get it, Karen, dot, 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 you hate black people. You make it more obvious every day. It's comical to me at this point, LOL, take some of your Twitter energy and direct it to that neglected family of yours who you consistently let down. Uh, so, so then, I guess Randall Grichik, after he liked the tweet, people started pointing out that he liked the tweet on Twitter. He then responds to Bright Skies 99 at Ntherm and two others. I did not like the tweet because Stroh liked tweets bashing me last year. This is nothing personal. I liked it because it is true. It's a no story around players in the Jays team slash system. He meant it's a known story. Strowman gets involved again. He says, you've done nothing but talk about me behind my back. Consistently. I've always kept my mouth shut and let it slide. Okay. Ask your teammates and Canada who they rather have on their team. Dot, dot, dot. You or me? I already know the answer. Continue to underachieve and talk shit about teammates. Randall Gritchick says, ha ha, keep thinking that's true. Don't be mad at me because I like to tweet that was the truth. Have a good day, my man. Marcus Stroman says, my day is beyond great. Good luck playing for a nation that knows your true colors. Have a splendid day, my G. Ah, oh, man. I, the, 
I think it's a really shit move of Randall Grishik to like that thing from Aubrey Huff, knowing what a piece of shit that Aubrey Huff is and how bad it looks at these two fucking white dudes, like, um, kind of ganging up on Strowman. But my question to you is I'll ask you, who would you rather have on your team? Randall Grishik or Marcus Strowman? Look, before I answer that, I just want to say as a whole, I don't feel like I can even take a side on this one. Both guys are so insufferable to me. And I really, I don't give a shit about their stupid drama. You know, uh, I don't know for sure, but my guess is that Randall is telling the truth when he says he liked the tweet because the story is true, but it's petty. Um, and it's and it's unfortunate that the discussion it causes on Twitter is a race one where it's one against the other and who you'd rather have. And that's that's started by Strowman saying that Canada would rather have him on the team and that we like him better. That's trash. And it also just brings all the racists to the table and you hate to see that. But... I mean, you love to see what's going to happen when the Mets come to town <laughs> and hopefully Strowman is on the bump with Randall at the plate. But And there's zero fans in the crowd and it's dead <laughs> fucking quiet and you can hear his rib crack when the fastball goes into it. In answer to your question, though, obviously you rather have Strowman on your team. He's a more valuable player. You look at the numbers, there's more His on-field values, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not close. And so in, in that way, but you say that's trash of Stroman to say that, but then here we are agreeing with it being true. So I, I don't actually think that that's trash because we don't know what the relationship between those two guys is. They, they could have a, a, just such a layered relationship over the years that they played with each other where they don't like each other. And if Grishik's going to you know, like this tweet. He doesn't have to like that tweet. It doesn't, it doesn't make it true or untrue just because he likes the tweet. He likes the tweet and it's super petty. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then it brings Stroman to the service. He has to respond because so many people are pointing it out. So he has to say something. And, you know, and, and as you sort of made a little audible uh, noise, he kept his thoughts to himself in his tweet. I mean, maybe Stroman did, but it certainly seems out of character if he did do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it is true like i i can't picture anybody just choosing grishik over stroman to be on the team but it's just a distraction from what's actually happening here just turning it into like who's more popular here and who's better at playing baseball when that's not what what any of this is about because stroman stroman didn't doesn't say he doesn't deny that that story is true. Who he cares if it is true? He doesn't have to be a good person. No one, the half, I bet you half the fucking league is trashy dudes like who want to like throw their power around. He was a young dude with a chip on his shoulder. He's been called a fucking like midget his whole life. And then he gets in this position where he's like one of the thugs and he tells everybody who knows what he was going through that day. He tells everybody to get the fuck out. Yeah, it's an asshole dick move to do, but say he did it. And then what? He just skips rope by himself. And we're supposed to like, that's sad too. Do you know what I mean? That's a super weird, sad thing to do. This isn't a, 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 yeah, and so David, a morality David, David, thing. About if, if he came back to Grichik and said, yeah, I told those minor leaguers to get out of my room. I needed to jump rope by myself. I was going through some shit that day. You shut your mouth and I'll shut he my mouth. He doesn't owe us that, man. He doesn't fucking owe us that. Well, he doesn't owe me 
bringing the great nation of Canada into it and saying, Canada likes me better than you, Randall. They do. So ask. <laughs> well, no, they don't. You go on Twitter. There's, there's, a, I mean, there's more people saying they like Stroman, but really, it's mostly a bunch of racists that don't like Marcus Stroman's attitude and the way he talks and his, you know. Man, when Marcus Stroman is on the mound, everybody heart rate is up just a little bit. Is he gonna quick pitch me? Is he gonna pause? Is he gonna look into the dug? out is he going to do a little shimmy when he strikes me out is he oh man every that's the kind of dude you want on your i team. have a marcus stroman jersey obviously like marcus stroman's a pitcher is amazing and it's my own fault for following him on twitter and following him on instagram because his like that shit that part of marcus stroman is just i can't handle i hate the self-righteous i hate just his 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 attitude and that he praises him his his mind and that it's all positivity and nothing negative can bring him down meanwhile he's getting into petty arguments with past teammates on twitter and it just it seems like such hypocrisy to me but that's and who he is man that's what I makes know. him who he is on the field I know. so you know maybe he is also aware of himself and he he just he uses that as the fuel he needs you know i mean look at the last dance you know a dude like jordan wasn't exactly the the funnest guy to be around either i'm not saying marcus strom is near at the level of like a michael jordan but however a guy lights that fire is how he lights that fire we're asking these guys to play baseball we're not asking them to uh demonstrate good social behavior yeah you're right look i said stroman i choose stroman every day um, there's no question. And like, and you have to also wonder about the teammates because I was thinking about this too. I was like, well, what's Stroman like in the clubhouse? Do would he turn players the wrong way? And I don't think so. I think he fires teams and players up, and they want to play behind him. And I thought about Grishik getting into it with Tim Anderson last year about him celebrating home runs. And I think all those young players on the Jays love celebrating home runs man i think they'd love to be a part of the trend of like pimping home runs and stuff like that so i, I don't imagine that grishik's um viewed in this amazing way in the clubhouse either no i agree like i said from the beginning fuck them both really i don't i don't care so much i want to i want to see the shit on the field right i want whatever fucking <laughs> <laughs> whatever um let's talk a little bit more about some fucking twitter bullshit um <laughs> no let's talk a, let's talk a little bit more about the travis shaw let's talk let's talk travis shaw so reports reports come out from scott mitchell he does a story saying uh here's what's going to keep the blue jays players in their stadium slash hotel bubbles this summer uh, basically, they're saying they could face jail time, $750,000 fines if they leave their bubble. And uh, Shaw comes out with a tweet right away after that. He says, we were told two weeks, dot, 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 not all summer, dot, dot, dot. All summer is a bit much. And shortly afterwards, another tweet saying, all summer isn't going to happen, not an option. Q Twitter hailstorm of fury of canadians it's a tough um, introduction to a new country you know and also a country that's handled this uh, virus a whole lot better than the country that he's from yeah it's just uh you know it, it doesn't 
again, like, absolutely every player thought that. Every player was probably like, fuck that, fuck this, I hate this, this is garbage. It's a different thing when you tweet about it, though. Mm -hmm. It's an unnecessary thing. It fucks the organization who's trying to negotiate with the Canadian government about playing games in the Rogers Centre. It fucks them. But it also illustrates the organization's like refusal seemingly to speculate with us, but also seemingly to speculate with players. Like, how did they not tell the players, look, as you can see in the news, our desire is to stay in Canada. Should that happen? This quarantine that we're in now is what it's going to be for the whole summer. So though we don't have any official ruling on that, be prepared that that might be what's happened. Talk to your families about it. Prepare for that to decide whether or not you might want to opt out of this season. The fact that that conversation seemingly didn't happen looks to me just as bad on the organization as it does on Travis Shaw. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what the timelines of those things are and how quickly information moves and 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 stuff. I mean, they can't they can't they can't get on that. What are, what are, they, they can't even be around each other, man. What are they supposed to just have everybody get into a room? Like they have the conversation with the government, the government gives them that uh parameter and then it, it takes some time for that information to be passed out, but maybe Scott Mitchell has got an in with somebody who was there and he just starts clacking away on his computer. Dude, you and I both know. The whole the whole city knows that if the Blue Jays get to play in Toronto, that they're not leaving that bubble. How is that news to the players? That wasn't made explicit, as Travis Shaw said. He thought it was a two-week quarantine. The new thing was that it's an entire summer quarantine, and you get three-quarters of a million-dollar fine if you even step outside of the Rogers Center. But isn't that just common sense that it's a two-week quarantine when you enter the country? And if you enter Dude, the country at another time... these guys are from a time, country where everybody's fucking doing whatever the fuck they want and they have 60,000 <laughs> cases a day. They don't think... They thought that the quarantine was back in March. They're not used to uh, the way that this country is dealing with the virus and how seriously people are taking it and how on board it's seemingly that most of the, the country is i i can i i don't know i just i don't understand how how they i don't know they don't put two and two together i guess that that if it's a quarantine when you go over the border that if they leave the country and they come back the quarantine starts again that to me just makes sense and the other thing that's kind of silly that he's that upset about it is their home stands at most are 10 days long it's not the whole summer you're leaving you're leaving for half of the summer to go and play elsewhere. And when you come back to the Rogers Center, you got to spend a week at, at the Rogers Center. I'm sorry. But on the other side of it, I will say, and, you know, I, I admit that I'm an ignorant person on many things. Maybe they don't need to quarantine when they come home from playing. Because why can't they just quarantine for 48 hours, get two tests in that time period, and if they don't have the virus, then they can do the same shit that we do. Yeah, but it's also probably a little bit about how this is um, portrayed to Canadians who don't give a sweet fuck about baseball. You know, like, hey, everybody, like, we know it's really dangerous to have all like this cross-border travel and these players being around Americans and then walking around your city when they're coming from a place where this virus is everywhere. So don't worry, these guys are going to be in the hotel and that's the deal. And then, you know, I'm sure not everybody fucking follows that. 
But then for him to come out and be like, nope, not doing it. None of us are. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, shut up. Well, Ross and Mark took him into a dark room and had a very serious conversation with him. Obviously, he came back. He put his his tail between his legs and uh, had a lengthy statement going back on everything he said, trying to trying to explain what he said. Uh, it's a tough thing that he's the one who says it, you know, the new Blue Jay. Yeah. Hasn't played a goddamn game, and he's the one squawking off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... You know, he's the veteran on the team, really, or one of well, them. Well, he's also the one trying to, uh, like, remake his career. True. But he comes out looking pretty good after his statement, right? Sure. And they just gave him third base, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, he better be good. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope they play in Toronto. I think it'll be better, but, I mean, I don't know. In Buffalo, Dunedin, you definitely don't want to be in Dunedin, that's for sure. No. no, you don't. I don't really mind if they don't play in Toronto, I guess. To me, it's just a a TV screen at this point. I can't go to the games anyway, so maybe it'll be a bit easier for them if they don't have to come in here. Less less taxing on their bodies for the I think there's the just travel. a familiarity to it when you're watching it or something that would be nice, but again, I agree. Like, it's not that important, but I think... Just watching it and knowing the stadium might be nice. <laughs> That's it. Just nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, I guess. But maybe also playing on grass outside would be nice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> on an actual field, not a concrete dungeon. Yeah. You know, they get those, they upgrade the lights in Buffalo, got a nice small field. They can hit it out of the park you know the only thing i will say the only thing i'll say about them playing in buffalo is that might get somebody like vladdy going you know he's so familiar with that field he's had so much success in that field that uh you never know he was a god in that stadium man he's a god in that town yeah bo bichette on the other hand will be really upset about it he's been (laughs) much better I just want to finish. Um, I feel strongly about this. I, I've got uh, a lot of admiration for Adrian Wojnarowski, um, NBA insider for ESPN. On Friday morning, uh, a Republican Missouri senator by the name of Josh Hawley sent NBA Commissioner Adam Silver an email asking why the NBA hasn't approved slogans on the back of their jerseys supporting law enforcement and the military, slogans like support the troops or blue lives matter or all lives matter, shit like that. Um, And a few hours later, that same senator tweeted a screenshot of Adrian Wojnarowski's email to him, um, which was simply an, a screenshot of an email that said, fuck you. It didn't say anything else. It was just a nice, clean email that said, fuck you. Um, uh, Woj was then suspended without pay. He issued an apology um, saying that uh, what he had done, he wasn't thinking, that it was very unprofessional. And uh, he apologized to uh, Josh Hawley, his trip to Orlando has been scrapped. 
but NBA players and an enormous amount of people uh, have been rushing to his support, uh, making free Woj start trending on Twitter. LeBron James tweeted free Woj, um, and he's got he's got uh, like petitions, change.org petitions to reinstate him. Uh, And I just want to say that Woj has my full support on this one. I think it's super amazing and especially awesome that it wasn't like a public tweet or something that he didn't like say, well, you know, with all due respect, Mr. Hawley, you don't know what you're talking about. And he's just sent him a private email with two words saying, fuck you. And I love that. I'm actually surprised that uh, ESPN is suspending him and not paying him. I mean, that, ah, man, it's just, everyone's just trying to cater to so many people at once. It's just fucking frustrating. I hadn't heard that story. I didn't know that. He's like one of the most powerful men in the league. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) He sure is. But, you know, I don't have ESPN. I don't have any network to worry about, so... Just if you're listening to this, Josh Hawley, I'd like to say fuck you too. I've I've already been suspended without pay for my job. I don't have a job anymore. So I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> fuck you, Josh. <laughs>